What's up, Internet? You're tuned into this week's episode of We Watched Invincible. I'm your host, Pete Bessie, joined this week by Sean. Hello, hello. Marco. What's up? And Kale. I have spent this week getting the shit kicked out of me by a cinder block. Oof. That sounds like every oh, week for you, no. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. So you're just giving us, you're just checking in then. Okay, well, now that that's over. Everything's normal at Casa de Kale. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Now that uh, we're through an update on Kale's personal life, uh, let's get into our review and reactions to Invincible Episode 5, That Actually Hurt. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Great title. Uh, Let's just jump into the meat of this one. This episode um, I thought was interesting because, you know, we've commented a lot about how... um, you know, the, the preceding four episodes have kind of been uh, like a little atypical, you know, like they're obviously a longer runtime than most animated series and, you know, kind of leaning into like telling a lot of different stories in an episode, giving us lots of little glimpses at different things. Um, I felt like this episode felt the most focused of anyone so far. Um, mm. Did you guys, do you guys agree? I think... In terms of it juggling a lot, I think this is the one that had to juggle the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think I agree with that. Yes, it felt yeah. like a little more a plot b plot with kind of a c and d <laughs> sprinkled in. <laughs> yeah, Kill. Guess so. Yeah, you you had a reaction to that. You don't. Well, I, because I was just thinking, man, a lot happened in this episode, and. I I feel like I felt that more in this episode than previous, hmm. like okay. and like like felt it, you know, as in the way that I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it, if it pulled it off, if it didn't. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll talk on that. Um. So I think uh, obviously, kind of the headline of of this episode right was this was the first time we really got to spend time with titan uh voiced by mahershala ali um great performance i thought uh perfect voice for the character especially seeing where he ends up at the end of this episode um what did you guys think of of the introduction of the character and of uh mahershala's performance i thought it was good i mean it compared to the comic um he comes off as a little bit more of a villain in that one still, I think. But yeah. in this one, you definitely feel for him. And uh, I, I I think that was really well done. Mm. Had I not known what would happen, I'd have been like, wow, like he did save the day. Yeah. It, yeah, it makes him more of a character, this mm-hmm. one. It gives him, you know, sympathy and, and empathy to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked him. Uh, I liked him in the book. So um, I felt he was, you know, similar enough to hit the same general beats that, uh, you know, I was still able to enjoy the character for sure. Yeah, I think I think for me, um, I'm right there with you, Sean. I I really like Titan in the book. And I I just feel like this they served his character well in the same way that I feel like they've served all of the minor characters. And like we've been highlighting like, oh, like debbie right is a character with so much more depth in this series amber is a character with more depth in this series and like i feel like they did the same thing with titan where it was like it wasn't that they 
really fundamentally changed anything as much as they just gave you a little bit more of him. And, like, even just, like, seeing the way that he was, like, handling the jobs and, like, you know, um, he's muscle and he's a strong arm, but, like, he does have, you know, that that side that is uh, empathetic, right? And, like, shows that, you know, he's not... um, He's certainly a character with with some shades of gray. Uh, And I dug that a lot. And I think it does help when you have an actor of Marshall Ali's caliber. Um, He's one of the best fucking people working in Hollywood right now. So um, I'm happy to see him play pretty much any character, let alone one I already liked. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I I did think it was that, (laughs) that narrative, right? And like seeing that whole thing play out um, it, it did remind me a lot of the first episode of taking this kind of like very memorable beat in the book and and really shifting it up a lot in terms of like introducing a lot more characters, having having the whole thing play out a little bit differently. Um, and again, particularly like Mark taking another big L, uh, I yeah. thought was interesting. How, Sean, how did you feel about that? Um, yeah, I mean, seeing him get smoked was was shocking. Um, really, really a surprise. Uh, they framed it as, you know, his father, um, Nolan, is telling him, look, you know, this is not what you should be, you know, kind of dealing with. Like, this is not your problem. Um, and it's beneath you. And Mark is like, no, it's not. This is exactly what I should be doing. I'm going to do this, you know, regardless. And um, I like that. But again, it still kind of comes back to, uh, well, obviously he's right. Even though he ends up getting played, he's still obviously right in that he's only trying to help someone, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's what heroes do. So in the sense that it separates him from his father as, as showcasing invincible as heroic, whereas his father is a person with power who is heroic when it suits him or will do a heroic deed when it suits him. Uh, that still doesn't change the fact that Mark is always right. And that's my biggest problem with the character. I think it's this, the dynamic that sets up that has been set up with Mark and Omni-Man in this one, Mark and Nolan, <clears throat> I don't necessarily see how we're going to get the same uh, character progression in the show that we got in the comics. Hmm. Because in the comics, Omni-Man comes off, even to the reader, as uh, a Superman character. You know, someone who's purely altruistic until he isn't. Right. And it's a snap of the finger. Whereas here, it really, really feels like since Mark has gotten his powers, that side of Nolan has just shut off. And I, like, I'm not seeing the influence from Nolan to Mark that will make Mark the the you know the want to be it the hero i'm not saying he's gonna want to side with him but to me it like it would make him 
not want to do this. Hmm. I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. You mean like the way that his dad is acting would make him not want to be a hero? His in, like his influence, like Nolan's in the the show's Nolan. His influence and the way he's acting now, he's being kind of a dick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And like the way all of this is playing out, I think like to me it it would Invincible would probably see it as all of it's a lie. And there are other people here who can do the job and can clearly do the job better than him. He doesn't need to do this. Hmm. Hmm. As opposed to his pure motivation in the comics being, well, I got to do this. You know, even though my dad had this other thing, he raised me this way. I just I don't see that in this. Well, see, I, I, I think I get what you're saying now, but I, I think that's going to come from Debbie instead. Um, I just, man, I don't see that either. I mean, that's like been the conflict, right? Like every time it's come to a head, like the two, the devil and the angel on Mark's shoulders are Nolan and Debbie, right? And it's Nolan being like, "You're a Viltrumite. Like this is below you. You have a higher calling." Blah 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 blah. And Debbie's the one who's grounding him in more, you know more human ethics. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's true. Uh, but I also think, at least in my mind, there is an element of of, of merit to what Kale's throwing down. Um, maybe more so if, if Mark were younger. I feel like Mark's mm-hmm. identity as a, as a person, as it relates to, you know, him wanting to be a hero is already set because he has seen his dad. He's grown up watching his dad do these things and not knowing this other side, right? Because obviously when you're a kid, your dad is everything to you regardless. But then on top of that, the show implies that even though Debbie has been aware that, that, you know, he's a dick, um, it's only really now that this massive shift in personality has taken place. So it's yeah. safer for us to assume that in the time prior to the show's beginning, he was that hero that Mark looked up to. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been reading it too. And and this idea that like, because um, she kind of, uh, Debbie kind of brings that up again this episode, right? Of like, I'm the one who taught you how to be a hero. Um, so I think it, to me, like I kind of, that contextualize it for me that like the timeline here is he came to Earth and was, you know, Viltrumite Nolan kind of became Omni-Man through his relationship with Debbie and being a father to Mark and, you know, having a a quiet family life. And it's now that Mark's powers have emerged that, you know, that's when Debbie noticed the shift, right? She said, ever since Mark got his powers, you've been acting this way. Um, Because now that life is threatened and now he has to make a decision, you know, and that uh, that's obviously uncomfortable for him. Yeah. So uh, something that I I have clocked earlier in the series, but I feel like we really saw them lean into in this episode uh, that I thought was interesting is kind of um, something that the book touches on later, um, which is this idea that Mark is susceptible to uh, Viltrumite rage, you know, that like he can be pushed to this point, right, of you know, um, 
his judgment gets clouded and, you know, he is like being extremely aggressive. Uh, and, you know, especially given how strong he is and like the caliber of people that he fights against, like they're not, that's not always an even fight. Um, I thought it was interesting how you have this, the fight, and he has that moment where he sees Titan is like clearly in danger and like he, you know, could seemingly be dead in a minute. Um, and Mark literally is just like, you're all fucking dead. And like, it's like a snap. Yeah. Um, that was like, I, that caught me off guard a little bit. Um, I actually had to like do a double take and like rewind it. Yeah. Like, oh, did that just happen? Did he just say that? Like, whoa. Yeah. I, I rewound it specifically because I wanted to hear Steven Yin give the line again. I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> it, it, uh, it was interesting because compared to Nolan, who would likely use his rage to destroy, he was actively doing it to save someone. Mm-hmm. So that, that for me was cool because he's at, at some point he's going to have to come across like he's going to have to harness that rage, right? It, it's um, whether when he finally finds out from his dad or however the sort of situation happens, but he's going to have to learn how to control that. And I think that's going to make for like an interesting story. Hmm. And um, <laughs> so <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because uh, obviously um, we got the first look at uh, Battle Beast in this series, who is a character you guys have only met in this interaction in the books, um, but is, is kind of like a fan favorite. Uh, and there was one thing <laughs> that I wanted to call out because I was watching the episode with subtitles and the this part where he hits Mark the first time and like really gives it to him and he starts bleeding. It had the grossest caption I've ever read ever. It was blows thud wetly. And I was just like, oh, what? God, that's fucking graphic. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good uh, uh uh, 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 goon name, Thud Wetly. Thud Wetly. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'll write that down. God. <laughs> yeah, that fucking killed me. Um, super cool to to see that. Um, and obviously, like him being a character that is clearly on Mark's level. Um, yeah, is exciting. Is does he? I mean, maybe this is a spoiler. And I'm gonna spoil it for myself. Does he come back? Yes. Oh, he will yes. return. Okay. Battle Beast will return. I'll give you that. Yo, I fuck with him. <laughs> He's he, great. He was kicking ass. I'm like, hell yeah. I want to see this go down. I just like love uh, his whole attitude. Like the fact that he just fucking clowns these. And he's just like, there's no honor in like smushing insects or whatever. <laughs> Bye. <he> deuce. Like- <laughs> yeah. Um. And that was that was buck wild. Like I didn't expect that at all. I didn't expect him to just completely blow them away the way he did. Uh, I um, it was really cool. The only problem I had with it was, of course, that he just chooses to leave. Like, why wouldn't you just finish the job? There's no honor, bro. There's no honor. Right, right. Very convenient. <laughs> He's a gladiator, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I think that was uh, Michael Dorn from it is. Star Trek. Yeah. Is it- yeah, it's yeah, as soon as he said uh, no honor, I went, oh, that's a Klingon. The <laughs> the funny thing about that, um, Robert Kirkman's talked a lot about it. He's a big Star Trek fan, so he loves uh, Michael Dorn. 
And when when they met the first time, uh, he was like telling, he's like, all right, so who's the character? Like, what's he about? You know, whatever. And he was just like, like, do you just want me to do my Dorn voice then, or that's <laughs> so or not Dorn? Uh, Worf. Worf is Worf, the character. Yeah. yeah. He's like, it sounds like they got and and. Uh, Worf. Worf, yeah, and Robert Kirkman was just on my favorite podcast recently, and he was like, he was like, I would never ever ask you to do that, I would, but but I mean, if you want to, that would be great. I mean, I would I would love that, but no, I would never. But you know, but maybe <laughs> it it seems like Michael Dorn just wants to be Worf. I mean, that's what he did forever yeah. and again. <laughs> Whatever, like, <laughs> yo, fuck dude. With it. There's a there's a market for that. You find your sound, you do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, uh. Battle Beast definitely a strong character, um, but I really liked how they got him over in this because, like, not only does he like fuck up Mark, like he also like fucks up Monster Girl, who is yeah. incredibly strong and and uh, and fucking just like snaps Black Samson's fucking wrist like in his hand, like holy shit. Um, but I will say that was also like. It's a thing that I don't feel like he should have done, but when he did it, I was like, damn, that's Black Samson's a real hero. Like, he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna go for it, and just yeah. crumbles, but, like, he fucking, my man went there. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, you know, I've, I'm on record Monster Girl being my favorite character from this series, and seeing her get thrashed like that was hard to watch. Clearly also hard to watch for Robot. Yeah. Yeah. He goes wild. And I, I genuinely thought I'm like, whoa, did they just kill off monsters? I, I genuinely thought they like killed off characters in this. I was like, whoa. Yeah. I had that shit. moment too. I was like, oh shit. Like <laughs> you know. I I don't it'll think so, wild. but it would be wild if this is where Invincible dies. <laughs> yeah, Episode I was like, five. wait, what did a, I just watch the show end? Like what, what, a, what a pivot from the book. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Eve, oh, right. character. Got me. <laughs> so where are we going? Oh, you know, it's the funeral for <laughs> Invincible. <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, but yeah, the the violence all over this episode yeah. was off the chain. Yeah, even the uh, the first part of the episode with um, um, Cinderblock Titan Titan. Um, the way the bullets were bouncing off people and he was mm. smashing people. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that was like, that ain't right. Dude. Like that sh- The thing with the kid too, where he's like, just leave. Like that message was for you. And then he shoots him and he's like, fucking come on. I really yeah. thought that buckshot was going to just bounce back and annihilate that kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they make humans feel so squishy in this. I mean, yeah. we are. <laughs> That's the reality. Damn. In comparison to to all these super powered characters, yeah, like, what the heck can we do? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you got to think too, right? Like all the guy, all the guys who Machine had hired to like go fucking fight, like they were all able to like actually hurt Mark. Mm-hmm. So like that's some A tier muscle. Like those guys can fight. Yeah. Um, um. I straight up thought Mark murdered that fucking dude with the he has like the purple thing that comes out of his chest yeah. and it's like a weird arm he like grabs him by it and swung him into like a pillar and i was like he just cracked that dude's skull like an egg like <laughs> i was really surprised when he got back up 
Yeah, there are there are a few moments throughout this um, episode where you're like, wait, that guy's alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. So uh, let's talk about some of the minor characters. So uh, we touched on Robot, and you know we kind of got some forward motion on his subplot again, right? Like the Maulers uh, are kind of back at it. You know, Ugh. we've got the the new the new new clone, <laughs> and uh, and you know we're 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 gonna see where that goes. Um, I I'm interested to see how something like that is gonna play out, considering that like. We've had some storylines in Invincible be, like, drawn out, and some are, like, far more truncated. So, like, I'm kind of wondering, like, what is the... Like, what's going to be the acceleration on the robot plot of it all? Like, is that something Hmm. that we'll see resolution from in this season? Is that, like, a next season kind of thing? I don't know. I'm very interested to see, like, how his arc is going to ebb and flow a bit. Uh, this is eight episodes, right? Yeah. So we got three more. I, I feel like it'll be a cool cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I bet it's a, a finale cliffhanger. Yeah. Maybe he shows up I, in his new body. I mm-hmm. honestly feel like that's kind of a weak cliffhanger. No, like it doesn't. Well, but he's a he's a minor character. You know, it's, you know, the not, show's not, not the about show. him. Yeah. yeah. You just mean yeah. for his arc. Yeah, for right. his exact thing. Oh, okay. Uh, for his arc, it feels kind of weak. Like, I think it would be cooler to start the new season fresh with him in his new body and kind of digging into what that's about. Yeah. Um, but that being said, it's it's kind of hard to evaluate because I don't know how much of Robot's story there is. Like, based on the comics, I don't yeah. know anything more than. Uh, that he that he gets a body, you know, like yeah. that's kind of all up in the air for me. So I don't know if this is fast in relationship to everything else. It's it's moving pretty quick, but not like insane. I think the thing that I'm most interested in is like you need to wrap this before you introduce Angstrom, and that feels like a thing you do in season two. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Yeah, like I feel like season one you focus on the Nolan of it all. And season two is where you get into like, okay, so like now his career is really moving. Do you even introduce Angstrom? Because I feel, I don't know. I guess I don't see how they're going to do it because the show's deviated so far because the he gets introduced in order to like threaten Debbie and um, presumably from what we read, right? Yeah, um, right. And to sort of fuck around with... Uh, um, with Mark, but that's only after Nolan's left. That's only after he's gone and to go uh, get his new brother. Um, there's just like a lot there that I don't even know if they need him or how much, to what extent they're going to include him. I definitely think they'll go there. Yeah? Okay. I do. I do. Um, yeah, I, I think especially because like that, I think that first um <clears throat> Not to say that the 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 part that we kind of ended on with with what goes down with Angstrom, like not specifically that, but mm. the things that Mark experiences and learns on that trip kind of echo. So I feel like I feel like you have to get there at some capacity, okay. um, and I could see that being like again if maybe we stick to like the eight 
episode arc or whatever. I could see that being the major arc of season two that starts in the background, and then maybe that's where we end, you know? But I'm I'm getting way ahead of myself now. <laughs> Here's how I think season two will end. <laughs> um but uh yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very interested to see to see us pull on that thread a little bit more. Um and then another thing that I thought was was kind of interesting um was watching kind of again some of the more minor characters like kind of getting hints at arcs to come for them that happen a little bit more abruptly in the book. Hmm. Like there's that moment where uh even and Amber are at the um the uh I don't know if it's a soup kitchen, it's like a community center, right? And hmm. You earlier in that episode, you have Eve kind of like have a conflict with her parents about her superhero career and her breakup with Rex and, you know, kind of like what she's doing with her powers and, and where, where things are going. And you kind of start to see the gears turn for her through her conversations with Amber um, initially when she agrees to go help out. But then even when she's there. Right. And like seeing that, you know. Amber is a normal person, right? And she's dedicated her life to trying to help other people. And, you know, she, she makes the comment of, like, you got to build the world you want to see, right? Mm. And you can see that that strikes a chord with Eve. Um, and I like that. I like the idea of her coming to that conclusion based on, you know, uh, character interactions because it feels more like a personal journey for her rather than she's just, like, mm. You know, uh, Shauna, you made the comment in the review where it feels kind of like white savior of like, I'm going to go to Africa and feed the hungry people that I saw on CNN the or country, whatever. <laughs> the country of Africa. Yes, the country of Africa. <laughs> um, so kind of seeing her gradually piecing together that there are like other opportunities for her out there and there are other things she could do with her powers uh, in a more organic way um, was something that I, I, I vibed with. Definitely. And I think this is one of the areas where the show has an opportunity to redeem the comic in some ways uh, as it relates to where what she ends up doing. I, I imagine she will still go to Africa. Uh, how that will be shown is going to matter a lot mm -hmm. to me because I don't think it was shown well in the book. I think there's a lot of room for uh, improving on that. And uh, I actually have every confidence that they will. Um and I also, you know, Amber's growing on me. Amber's definitely growing on me as a Same. character. She is falling into that, you know, oh God, where isn't where where's Mark thing that she has in the comics? But what offsets that is that she also has an identity of her own. She has stuff that she's into. And she actually ends up inspiring Eve, like you said. And so that makes her that much more relevant to the overall narrative that that she has this power to impact how Eve feels about what's going on um, in her own life. I really appreciated that. Yeah. And I think even just like her attitude about Mark's stuff, I like more because it feels less like she's like, you know, this like meek girl next door who's like, ah, I'm like Mark's, he might be dealing drugs or something like what's happening. And like, it's so like, it's so like panicky and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than like her where she's just kind of like, you know, like, do you actually care about me? Like, are you a bullshit artist? Right. Like, what's your fucking game, man? You know? Um, it just speaks to the fact that, like, she's a character, like, with her own kind of, like, rich inner life. You know? And that, like, she doesn't need Mark, 
Like, it's whatever. She's been yeah. very forgiving. Uh, so kudos to her because, bro, you show up two hours late to a dinner? Nah, you're not coming inside. Yeah. Well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> um, so... There was a while, while we're kind of on the on the subject of of Amber and 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 all that stuff. I did want to just point out one funny thing from the the high school side of things. Um, so, if you'll recall from the comic, right the the high school is called Reginald Vell Johnson High School, and the first volume of the book is called Family Matters. Uh, of course, Reginald Vell Johnson, you know, the father on Family Matters. Um, he actually voiced Principal uh, Winslow. Principal Winslow, and I was Carl like, Winslow. that's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That was one of those uh, Easter eggs that I caught in the book that I was like, yo, this is really cool and super random, um, but I really appreciated it. They went a step further than that to get him to voice the character. That's so awesome. So good. And it's one of those like it's one of those funny kind of like full circle moments too for like Robert Kirkman's career to think that like, you know, in 2003 when he was like in his 20s like writing in his basement in Kentucky he's like I really like family matters haha and then now <laughs> he knows Reginald Bell Johnson <laughs> yeah it's so funny um but yeah I, I got a kick out of that um so uh to kind of wrap things up uh I wanted to touch on the thread from the end of of the last episode about you know Damien's journal and because that's what it ended up being it was a journal um, and kind of Debbie's journey that she's still going through here. What what what's that, Sean? It's just you know it's hilarious that it was a journal and Rorschach had a journal, <laughs> and like he's such a clear analog for Rorschach. Yeah. And he left his he left his manifesto behind so somebody could solve yeah. the mystery. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I feel like um the past few episodes. It's been clear that Debbie was suspicious of Nolan and 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 that he played some role and that something was going on. Do you guys feel like now she kind of is like that's it? Cuz I feel like she finally put all the pieces together. I don't She's she, Sorry, go ahead. I don't know that I think she's all the way there yet. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh I like she found the costume, but like she only, she only gave herself twenty minutes to do all the shit was she was gonna do. Like that, that was wild. Yeah. Um, I can't even pull a trunk out of the shed in twenty minutes, let alone look through three of them. And then <laughs> maybe that's mom energy. I don't know, but uh, you never had to chase around two superheroes. <laughs> well, I'm not a mom. I don't, yeah. you know. Um, but you know, she found the costume, but then didn't get to look at it. You know, what What was the next step there? Like, surely Nolan saw that the the trash bag was, you know, on the floor at some point. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah, I don't think it's all the way there. And, and like, being, the, the thing that got me was, like, you're a, like, you're a superhero. You're going to leave your actual bloodied dirty laundry yeah above like the window it felt a little contrived like, I, I thought that was an odd sloppy. place to hide yeah. it yeah 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 um 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was certainly odd. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's like a nod to the whole like, oh, normal people never look up, but like, your wife's probably gonna find that one, pal. <laughs> I think though, like she's she's pieced it together maybe mentally, and she needed like that that proof to to say yes or no for herself, and then the next step is now to like feel it. Uh, process yeah right and that's gonna be interesting because she has to she has to tell a certain line right like she can know whatever she wants to know but confronting him about what she knows is an entirely different beast and i wonder uh you know how to what degree will she involve mark in what she ultimately discovers or will her you know real kind of discovery of the ultimate reality of her husband coincide with Mark's discovery of what his dad really is. Are they going to, you know, put those things together at the same time? Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. This, this ain't the Nolan that goes off to a planet and has a timeout and thinks about what he does and has a second kid with a grasshopper. Like it's just not, you know, like he, she confronts him he's probably going to kill her. Like, I think that's who this character is. Yikes. It's tough. Cause I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Like, I think you're right on some level, but he's also, I don't know. The fact that he knows everything is building to this. Like, obviously he knew that anyway. Right. But like, there's an awareness he's exhibiting of like the stakes right now that seems to have led to some genuine moments of like, melancholy or like oh like this like this might go away i don't want it to and all and like i don't know like i i i I am picking up on what you're putting down and i think that i agree with it but i also feel like there are shades of the nolan that we know it's just not that's not like the dot that's not at the top i don't know man that's just not the character i feel like i've been given i don't buy these melancholy moments at all they're they're at odds because yeah. in the comic, his whole thing is like, you know, I kind of like Earth. Like I've kind of gotten to 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 enjoy being here, and I've got a family here, and you know, I'm the king here. Like this is cool for me. I'm 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 you know I'm I'm the man. Um, and also in the comic, there's absolutely no one who can oppose him at all on earth every single person on earth is subject to his whim because he can kill them whereas in the show not only have we seen that that's not true because the guardians almost beat him i mean they lost but they they almost beat him um but he doesn't seem to value earth the same way that he does in the book so what what is keeping him from just why does he care about keeping the secret it doesn't matter if he's going to subjugate earth he can do that with or without his wife yeah or without mark or without mark i i think that's my fundamental problem with this show versus the comic is i think you know whatever criticism you have about the comic that thing it did really really Mm -hmm. well yeah and i think it was a really bad misstep to reveal his bad side so early i i Hmm. think what and i I guess just like 
to defend the show to some extent. I think what there he's waiting for, what Nolan is waiting for, is for Mark to come on his side, and yeah. he's he's calculating his steps to get Mark to be a true Viltrumite, and that's the issue that he's having right now. Is how how is he going to do that? It's not just through the training, right? He at some point he has to be honest with him, and I think that that honesty is going to be the the thing that he's banking on. He just needs time to get to it, which is something we see in the in the comic itself. He just like didn't have enough time to explain himself, and then Mark happened to see him do some fucked up shit. Uh, I think that that's what they're trying to get to. But I agree to your point that it pigeonholed them to a certain extent. Yeah, I think I it would be way all of the things you just said would have been way more compelling if we didn't know that he murdered the Guardians. Yeah, I think it's tough because I think as someone who has read the book and knows that, like I agree with you, but I think that it was the right move for television audiences. Um I don't I don't, I don't know, know that um you maintain you kind of need that hook. I yeah I mean I see I definitely see what you're saying Pete and I think that there's validity to that I just feel like they're losing something in the in the translation mm. that is it, it's it's it sucks even if you've never read the book because narratively speaking you have a situation that doesn't quite make sense like if he's that badass what does it matter he the character is not telling us why he hasn't moved on this right like Mm -hmm. if you if you've never read the book what what do you think the reason is you know like there's nothing there he just hasn't and he's trying to keep this secret but it doesn't it's not clear why like you don't think so there's not i don't know i I agree with marco there's not a ton of movement on it each episode really it's just it's all just kind of oh when's he finally gonna snap well, I think uh, I think they've moved on it in that other people have slowly been trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. They got rid of what um, Dark Blood last episode. I think it was they Cecil obviously knows something and is playing at some game that we don't know quite yet. I think those things, if they were revealed more consistently, would make the the secret part a little more compelling. Because I, I think as of right now. Cecil understands that position. I think he. I think he would agree with the position where, where it's like, well, at any moment, if if uh, no one wants to, he could just blow up the world with like a punch, right? Yeah. So what is, what is his game to defeat him? Because presumably, just based off the character, he's he has some other something in in his back pocket. Sure. I'm yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm I'm more thinking about the 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 meta right the above above the the story narrative of like why doesn't if he if he thinks that they're on to him why doesn't he just kill them like right, I, right. what i don't i don't know i don't get why there's any type of waiting and that's fair i i think for me like i think i'm getting the sense that he feels like it's a powder keg like he wants to get mark on his side before he reveals everything because Mark could oppose him and then he would need to kill him. Um, and also that, like, the more bodies that pile up, the more suspicion there is. And, like, if he thinks everything's quieted down and he can just kind of go back to his thing, then, like, I think it speaks to, like, an arrogance in him, you know? 
But okay, so and this this will be my last uh, pushback. But like, why go back to the status quo? It, it, he doesn't need to, and he doesn't even seem to want to because the way he's acting isn't commiserate with that. He's not acting like Nolan, the Nolan that they know. Mm. So what is there to go back to? He's exacerbating Debbie and Mark's concerns. Well, less to a lesser extent, Mark, but certainly Debbie's concerns about where he's at because he's acting different. So I don't know. I just think that it's incongruent, but I'm interested in where they're going to go. I think those are all strong points, you know, and I think ultimately um, we'll have our answer soon enough. Uh, Here we are, episode five. We're past the halfway point. Um, We got three more weeks before, you know, we see where this plane lands. Um, And I'm excited to see where it goes. It's been a great ride so far. Uh, So if you guys want to let us know what you thought about episode five of Invincible, uh, that actually hurt. Uh, You can, of course, uh, come join us on, on. Yeah, it did. Uh, you can come join us on the Discord. Uh, we've got the TV party channel where we are talking about um, TV. So if you want to come share your thoughts, you can do so there. You can write into us at thecomicspals.com uh, and you know submit your questions for next week's show if you want to get in on the conversation and let us know what you're thinking of Invincible and uh, how the ride's been for you. Um, yeah, and then, of course, if this is your first time joining us, go check out all the other great content we uh, here at the Comics Pals have. We have our weekly podcast, The Comics Pals, where we're talking about all the news in the world of comic books and the associated characters, wherever you get them. We're there talking about them. We're also uh, reviewing um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier on our sister series. We watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so go check all that stuff out. Um, yeah, thank you for coming and joining us. Subscribe. Like, you know how to do the YouTube and podcasting at this point. We'll catch you next week for another episode of We Watch Invincible. Take care.